0: And this is what the guy told me, the the instructor told me, he said, um, have you driven in Canada before? I said, no. He said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Nigeria. I said, okay. Have you done any basic road tests before here in Canada? Have you driven? I said, no. He said, okay, let's go. And then we (sighs) went. By the time I came back to the parking lot, the guy said, "Uh, you did well. I like the way you handled the car. But today, I'm sorry, I have to fail you. So he said, so sorry, today you have not passed. And I'm asking myself, what do you mean? So when he gave me this call sheet, I took it to my instructor, right? And then when I took it to the instructor, the instructor goes, did you have a quarrel with the, with the road test guy? I said, no. He said, why, why did you feel so badly? I've never seen somebody feel so bad.
1: <laughs> have you ever wondered what it's like to be behind every single thing you know and starting new life in a foreign country. From my experience, it can be a struggle. On the Newcomers Podcast, I'll be sharing my story, as well as the stories of other immigrants. We'll be talking about the joys and struggles of starting afresh. My name is Josie, and I'm looking forward to being your host what's up everyone welcome back to the newcomers podcast where i chat with immigrants about my, like myself about moving to a new country today i have Bona with me he's been here for like eight years i mean like you're like an asian asian person right now <laughs> um um thanks for joining us Bona. how's it going
0: uh not bad um great day has been, has been good weather good today it's uh, minus 11 today as compared to
1: minus 30 minus 45 so you know you know, you know something that is really crazy is that so we we say the weather is good, like it's minus 11, the weather is good. But if you told out to someone back home like it's minus 11.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there was a day. I was talking to somebody, and he said he was cold, and I said, uh, "Why are you cold?" He said, "No, he said, place ah, it's too cold. I have to drop the AC temperature." I was talking to him. And he go, and I say, what's your AC temperature? And he says, uh, 22. I say, is that the maximum? He said, yeah. I said, at 22, I want to die of heat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I say, like, it's so abnormal how you, it's, it, I think it's, it's called, you it should say you're abnormal or something. But like, as I was talking to my brother, and he goes like, if we're talking, I go like, oh, he's like, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good day. Um, the weather is like minus 13 um we had like a minus 22 the other day so like it's pretty good he's like you're not well no he said you know in 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 he said you know well i'm like "Mm." i first wanted to react i'm like i just just said yeah i'm actually not well because when i consider where i'm coming from and what the weather is like here you're like the difference is wild you know (laughs) and so i think i'll just start off my first question is basically knowing all this about this mad weather that we have in canada why did you decide to move to Canada
0: <laughs> yeah well I think I think um you know before before we came to Canada myself and my wife, it was more or less like we were tired of Africa generally i was i was I was traveling everywhere in the world, right um, my kind of mm. job I was everywhere in the world, so I not visited Canada then uh, no, I visited Canada once, but so it's like brief like a week. Mm. I kind of liked the environment i I like the people there was no population right, and I felt <laughs> like it's very quiet. And myself and my wife always like peace, right? So, and we were living in Lagos. We had an option yeah. to live in the posh part of Lagos, but I just felt like, nah, we we should be coming to, you know, uh, to another country. So we were living, I used to say this to my wife, where we we're staying was in posh, but we we're close to the airport. So anytime we want to take off... <laughs> <laughs> We're ready to go. But for yeah. me, uh, for for me, it was more or less for us, it was more or less like giving a good opportunity to our child. Yeah. Uh, though he was born in America, he's an American citizen, but we didn't want to want the child to grow in the same environment in Africa, in Nigeria, most especially, because the kind of um you know everything's going on, you know, election yeah. that been lost by Jonathan. Good luck at that point in time. Yeah, that brought in worry. And I think one of the biggest problems we have in Africa, especially in Nigeria, we we'll forget about the history. I knew Buari was the worst thing that could happen to Nigeria, and I did not want to be in the country when uh, when Burry was ruling. And uh, so we, before then, we had already applied. I wasn't serious about it, you know. Um, so my my dad was all over my head. You have to, you have to leave that country. You have to leave that country because he lives. My parents live in in Wisconsin. You have to leave. You have to leave. My brothers, everybody, you have to leave. And I'm like, no, I still have my job here. I'm working for a big company. So for us, it was more, the, the 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 most important thing was because we wanted to give our child a better environment. We wanted to live in a better environment, good retirement, a sane environment, most importantly, you know, uh, an environment where where you, you meet people who are reasonable, right? You
1: know, something like that. So, Nigeria's not that bad for that.
0: Yeah, Nigeria is not bad. Nigeria is not bad. Really. I, I don't, I'm not saying Nigeria is bad, but you, you don't have, in a country where you have people like you have thugs. I mean, when I mean thugs ruling, ruling, then there's a problem. It's not that bad, <laughs> yeah, but that yeah, is bad. It's, it's yeah. sad. I mean,
1: especially uh, especially what happened the past couple of days. Like yeah, yeah, I, this week has, I, I felt really bad this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't want my child to be, uh, to be forced to choose. You know, I, I, I want him to have an option. You know, for us, our motivation was our son. We needed to leave that country, and our son never see. Have an option to go back if you want to go back. That's mm. fine. But you have an option to be anywhere in the world. So an American citizen, a Canadian citizen. I wonder what other passport he needs to have. So you can go back <laughs> to Nigeria if you want to go. That'd be your prerogative. <laughs> For me and my wife, we're living here.
1: So you, know, you, ne- you think you'll never, ever go back at all?
0: I, I can go to visit, but I can never settle back in Nigeria. never.
1: Jeez, you've given up on the country already.
0: <laughs> so even though even though the country is going to get back better, it can never better in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, I think... I That's think, an absolute fact. I don't yeah. know if it's a fact. I think for me, it's just... I just... Maybe it's a fact, but I think how I look at it is that whenever I see people saying we want a better Nigeria, I say, if you want to fix Nigeria um, or any country for that matter, you have to accept that the country might never get better in your lifetime. Once you... I feel like once you accept that, then you actually do a much better job of trying to fix the country when you think that you can fix a country in your lifetime then more often than not you make choices that come back to bite you or horrible choices just because you want to be a hero so bad because you want to be you want you want to be the one who fixed the country yep. and so maybe you're right like maybe maybe just like me I've said to myself that I'll do all I can I will support the right candidates when they come out I will donate where possible you know but what I will what I will accept is that it's very possible that I will die. I, I will leave Earth I'll and I'll still be talking I'll still be talking about I want it, I wish you a better country.
0: Yeah. Hey, coming it, back it to, is just what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, coming back to immigration. So how was it that first time when you when you all landed? Like you landed in Calgary, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah, we landed in Calgary. So our flight was from Nigeria to Frankfurt. We did a seven hours layover in Frankfurt and then uh straight off to Calgary, I think that was nine hours flight to Calgary. I won't go to Calgary, go to Calgary, August 14th, 20, uh, August 14th, right? That was, I remember very well, that was the day we landed. And when we landed, <laughs> you know, August, you know what August is like, yeah, yeah, it's funny, yeah, right? It's it. But guess what? I was wearing a jacket, I was wearing pants, socks, boots. I thought it was going to be, you know, good weather, warm, right? And then my cousin uh, was to come and pick me, Austin was to come pick myself and my wife by then we've already rented our apartment we're going to move straight into our apartment so I I went outside the airport you know just to see if if he was around and the cold hit me (laughs) this is August 14th I'm like I ran back I'm like shush this place is cold August 14th I'm like like, when he came into the airport he was wearing shorts, slippers and a t-shirt (laughs)
1: wait are you saying we are actually even more abnormal than we think we are because because we think that the 22 is hot in nigeria 20 is cold
0: cold (laughs) and when i got in august you know how august is right that is the that is that is summer it's it's i'm like this place is cold I mean, like, no, this is good weather. It's wearing shorts. That was where I was shocked. So, that, that, was the, that, was the, that was the biggest shock for me, that cold. I mean, he was wearing, and he was part of the people that made me really surprised because he's wearing shorts, wearing slippers, wearing t-shirts, no jackets. And I'm wearing jacket, t-shirts, pants, boots, and I'm cold. Yeah. So me, Don't worry, you're going to adjust. And that, that whole year into the next year, I was wearing winter pants. That the full time I wear pants, shirts. Are you serious? Oh yeah, the whole of that year. I will into the next year. I was wearing. the I have this time I wear. My wife, she she gets the best. So she went to Mecca She bought this time I wear uh, time and um, pants and shirts. I have to wear the base layer first. <laughs> I have to wear the pants and then the shirts before I wear my own shirt or a T-shirt before my shirt. Then I would be
1: better. I will settle better than you. Like uh, I feel. Yeah, I feel like true. the first when I when I landed we i think my body my body went into shock like it just didn't understand what was going on like what is happening here My my son was running around like oh I yeah they are just quickly they are just like they are just, like, just so yeah. fast you know but i mean i didn't do all that and so just think i wanted to ask you a question about now that you've been here for that long and you if you and you, you traveled a lot before you moved do you think there's a difference between Visiting a country as a tourist or as a visitor and living in that country,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I told my parents live in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I, I go to visit them. I've visited Canada once before we moved, I've been the United States, the UK, you know, and uh, not you no know, Middle East, you know, Africa, as it were. It's different when. Because then I, I go in as expatriate, right? In some countries, yeah. I go in as expatriate. So you don't get to really, you know, except me a few days, you have to go around. Again, you have to mm. go with security and help and mm. stuff like that. So, but it's way different than when you move in the country to say, this is your home now. Yeah. So I go to countries and when i crossing the traffic lights, like I'm walking, I see the sign, like, you know, you're supposed to move or not to move. But I move, I'm, I usually move with people. So, like, it's a handler or something like that. Are you so, yeah, I don't, I don't take notes. But the first time I got here, uh, I'm moving alone. I see the traffic like, Oh, wait, and the light. Like, oh, what, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on
1: here? You
0: know, you know. And I, call, I told my wife, I'm. Like, I don't understand. Um, so I have to wait for the light to turn white before I can cross. She says yes don't you know i like i know but <laughs> it's just weird i'm supposed to cross if i want to cross but that's the fun right um yeah then, and again it was it was difficult for me why because i had to bring my family here go back to nigeria mm-hmm. then it's like you leave sanity go back to insanity then come back to sanity go back to insanity ah jesus christ it was, it how do you fun. how do you handle that For the first two years, it was tough. Uh, First two years, it was really tough because um, my job—I needed to break down my job. I was handling the the business, my role from Nigeria, handling five countries. So I had to break my role into five different positions in different countries. So in two years, I had to do that and get a team from each of the countries. So Mm. traveling back and forth is something I had to do. And you can imagine coming from Nigeria to uh, to uh, to Canada, going through Turkey it's never an easy trip. Yeah. It was never, so you have to do that wait time. So typically on an average, I have to do about maybe 10 to 11 hours wait time in Turkey. Oh, they, they, the or worst, the worst was I did 23 hours wait time in Turkey, 23 hours. I bought that ticket in a hurry and that was my last flight leaving Nigeria. I told myself, nah, I'm not going to do this again. If I go back to Nigeria, <laughs> I'm coming back and that, that was going to be a problem. So it was more or less like I had a strong wife. You know, I said to, this to people, when you're making a move like this, you know, for especially, you know, a family movement, both yeah. parents, the man and the wife have to be in sync. It's a tough move. Even though you don't have a kid, it's a yeah. tough move. So you have to be mentally ready. So luckily, I'm married to somebody who had that mental stability and strength. So it was easy for me to do my own path so that I could come back and then support her. You know, and then do what I had to do, coming back to handle and take care of my family. But I, w- I will tell you that it wasn't easy. I was just lucky to have a partner or a, a spouse, my wife, who was, you know, who was strong enough yeah. to do her own part of the,
1: you know, handling business before I came in. Yeah, so, so you, you want to talk about the, the the things that you think um your you both struggled with during that period? Because I can imagine that that transition period was pretty, pretty intense.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think one of the things we struggled with was the time difference. So I wake up in the morning, and then I see the message, I'm going to bed. You understand? And that's when I'm deep asleep. So by the time I wake up, I'm like, hey, babe, okay, have a good night, rest. She's not saying that. By the time she's Damn. saying that, I am about to go to bed. You see the mentality, you see what's happening. The communication was a lot of problems. So during the weekends, we have to strive to look for a time to really, you know, to really match. And Mm -hmm. and I say this, whether every relationship, if there's no communication, there's a struggle. right? Of course, that affected us to a very large extent, you know. But again, like I said, it's all about the mental capability and strength of each couple. Right, or each person's involved in it. So she did Mm -hmm. she did everything she had to do. I did my own part I had to follow her strength. Because honestly, if she wasn't strong, well, I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't know. (laughs) Because that's the toughest thing. And so when I see people coming to Canada or they come into the move to another country and they say, Oh no, the man is going back or the woman is going back. I'm like, Are you sure you're ready for this? Are you sure you're ready for this? Because this is a tough thing. If you love your marriage, you will really love your wife or you love your husband. You have to give this thing a second thought. Of mm. going back home. And nobody, as I used to say, um, the taste of the pudding is in the eating, right? So until yeah. you taste it, you won't really know that mm. somebody's trying to protect you from this. Yeah. I've seen marriages crash because of that. I've seen relationships fail because of that, right? And mm. that the communication was our biggest problem. Not because we couldn't communicate, but because of the time difference. Yeah, mm. so mm. we had to make that work. You know, and here we are. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, building on that. So, aside from, aside from, the the, and I'm kind of going back to something you did, when you talked about the shock when you experienced yeah. the cold. What What is your aside from that? What other cultural shocks did you experience when you? I mean, When you move, mm. if you, although it feels like you spent two years not really living here, yeah. So maybe it's after you now finally settled in what, what were like your biggest cultural shocks or cultural moments? You're like, What the?
0: So, I think there were a lot of things that, that made that that were those that caused shocks from like me, made it different. That mm. strange to me. Uh, it the, the cultural shock wasn't so much, why mm. because. The culture here in Calgary is very family oriented. Mm, yeah. You say Calgary is the old school or or is is, is the Western Nigerian, you understand? So the culture here you, you see people are usually family oriented. You see couples, you see kids play together, play groups.
1: Yeah. This is
0: what we know as Africans or you know, yeah. as Nigerians the okay, case so Just that in this case, you are in a place where everything is working. Mm. But I tell you, another thing was probably the electricity, steady electricity. That shocked me. I, I honestly won't lie to you. God, that, that that blew my mind out. Like there was a day, I told my wife, "Are you sure that uh, something is not going to happen?" <laughs> <Like, laughs> she'll she You know, remember I told you I was two two years away. So when I, finally, yeah. so those are the things I used to ask her. Like, ah, "Are you sure that it's not going to take life?" She'll be bust our laughing. You know, and then sometimes. She, she will, make, she will make food in, because I'm very bad at cooking. I don't know how to cook. And then she will make food and say, okay, you know what? Uh, this is your lunch. I'm going to put it inside the refrigerator, inside of, um, this thing. I'm like, okay. What if Nepal take like ah? No, is not going to take like, Okay, good. The food is going to be there. You know, those, those, <laughs> those, men, those things are always in your head. Then maybe, of course, the traffic lights. Like I said, these things were not new to me. But when you live in an extended time, in a place where you now know this place is home, they become they become normal, but they are first of all yeah. shocked to you. Yeah. People stop when there's a traffic light. I'm about to cross the road. All cars will stop. Ah, oh, man, something is wrong here. Okay, so I'll tell you the first thing that happened to me. I went to my driving test. <laughs> so I came in and they told me, oh no, that I could... They didn't tell me I could switch my my, my driver's license, but they told me that since I had a clean driver's license, history from nigeria it took be difficult for me to do the road tests i said okay so i did the i did the um uh, test first the um
1: the knowledge, test, knowledge, knowledge test.
0: test i failed it the first time i didn't read i told myself i've been driving for 20 something years what <laughs> i'll just go around i know all the signs i did the first one i failed i failed woefully. and then i did the second time i failed my like, what the hell is this and then i had to go read i read it and then i passed foolishly i went ahead i want to do the advanced road test so, <laughs> <laughs> now you're laughing. Now you understand what I mean. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I went ahead. I went to do the advanced road test. And this is what the guy told me. The, the instructor told me. He said, um, have you driven in Canada before? I said, no. He said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Nigeria. I said, okay. Have you done any basic road test before here in Canada? Have you driven? I said, no. He said, okay, let's go. And then what? We went. <laughs> By the time I came back to the parking lot, The guy said, uh, you did well. I like the way you handled the car. But today, I'm sorry. I have to fail you. So he said, so sorry, today you have not passed. And I'm asking myself, what do you mean? So when he gave me this call sheet, I took it to my instructor. Right? And then when I took it to the instructor, the instructor goes, did you have a quarrel with the the road test guy? I said, no. He said, "Why, why did you fail so badly? I've never seen somebody fail so bad. (laughs) <laughs> I've, never, I've, never, I've never had such a situation but yeah that was one of the things that you know that shocked me yeah
1: wow yeah, yeah i mean you you are bold to be honest oh, like, yeah. you are bold to, to go do the advanced test i'm sure they took you into the expert, to, to oh, the experts oh of course into... It's, what trail did you go out first? Dearfoot?
0: Uh, honestly, then I actually didn't even know where I went to. But I know I think we went to Dearfoot. Yeah, I think we went to Dearfoot. Because
1: that, that Deerfoot is wild. Like,
0: yeah, I think it's the <laughs> Dearfoot they took me to. But looking looking back, I I went back and did my basic. Nobody told me. I just went back. I my, did my basic. I didn't even do it in Calgary. I went to Volcan. Volcan is <laughs> 30 minutes away from Calgary. I went to a small, a small town to do it. And I got my, you know, my uh, my basic, uh, my GDL. And that was what I've been using. And I, it's not my, none of my business what what anybody
1: says oh I, do, I hear i do hear that um, now you should drive you should drive for like two years or so yes, without any you get, it, you any, get the movie to advance so you should qualify for that soon i yeah, guess Yeah,
0: for sure this year i have qualified but i just haven't uh, taken action
1: gone in gone in here. yeah. so now let's talk about the kid okay <laughs> <laughs> how is it i mean well how was he when you all left nigeria
0: uh he was just born he was just born okay so basically
1: like he 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 doesn't even know what nigeria is no he doesn't
0: know nigeria honestly he doesn't
1: yeah that's that's fair just Just like ronan so how is it um if you think about life back in nigeria and your friends who are raising kids in nigeria and what you've experienced in the past he's six now right
0: he's eight gonna turn
1: eight in uh October. Oh, Andrew's, Andrew's a big boy. Oh, he's a it's big boy. going to turn October. Yeah. So if he's like just talking about how it's been read versus Nigeria here, yeah, yeah, if, talk yeah. about that.
0: So uh, one thing in Nigeria is this: if you if you are ready to spend good money, your kid will be well educated. But the only mm. difference you are going to suffer with the kid is that the that the kid will be won't be so versed in terms of meeting other people and stuff like they traveling to other countries but like i said if you want to spend good money you have good money your kids will be as exposed as any other person any other kid in the world the only problem yeah. you have is the school itself might not have as much pedigree as the one your child would probably have if you were mm. out of the country that's the only difference because he does have nephews in nigeria and when i speak to those kids they're really smart they're bright kids right they, they really the yeah. same level as him but the only difference like i said is just the school right now raising him here is way easier and easier and um and more less hands-on compared to Mm -hmm. nigeria Nigeria, i will never never just how i don't know how people do it so my wife made sure that once we had our kid that she did not use a nanny that that for her that was a, a that was something she was ready to sacrifice she was ready to sacrifice everything that she has to raise our boy and me i was mm. supportive of that now that was something we're used to so moving here it wasn't new to us the result yeah. was by ourselves so that was fine mm. now another move is that for dre to go to school we need we have a service that will pay for from the government that comes get him he goes to a private school so they come they get him they get him to to school In Nigeria, I will never use a staff bus or school bus to send my boy to school. I will go and drop him myself and go pick him up myself. Nigeria is a mad country. So I won't do that, right? So I will never do that because drivers could go go sick and they say, oh, because I did not say, because he said good money today and I was not in a good mood, I did not answer him, or because I did not say hi back to him, he could go do some shit with my kid. So I will never risk that in Nigeria. But here, it's easy for me to monitor the car from where the car leaves my house to when it comes to my my child in school and then bring my child back. You know, that kind of thing. But when he he came here, he he adjusted quickly. Even now in the winter, Dre doesn't wear any form of thermal wear or something like that. At home right now, he's wearing shorts, wearing T-shirts and stuff. I'm like, dude, it's cold. Temperature, we have to drop it to suit him in the house. So raising him wasn't difficult. Schooling wasn't a problem. We made, we made schooling here. I think it's $50 for a kid who wants, to, who wants to go to public school. Education is same. But he goes to a private school, so we are spending more. It's, it's something that we, we have decided to, to do, myself and my wife, right? And apart from that, getting his clothes, cheap. Well, kind of.
1: <laughs> feeding him is,
0: is something different because he's very picky. You know, he said, yeah. sometimes I used to say this to my wife: If this boy was in Nigeria, does he think he'll be eating pizza every week like this or something like that? You know, but not feeding him is a different thing because we have to invent, reinvent, you know, pick different kind of meals. We tell you, I've never heard of lenten soup. I've never heard of it, but this dude tell you you want lenten soup, and we have to order. So my wife has also learned how to make lenten soup that he likes. Pizza, we have to order, and he eats almost two boxes every week. I'm like, man, this dude, man. I don't understand this shit. He doesn't eat anything in Africa, but so, but these are the things we try to bring into him. But raising him has been quite easy. And I think most parents, you know, when they bring their kids they find that it's easier for you to raise the kid here, but not very well than when it has its own challenges. Because back home, parents, kids, parents don't um, encourage kids talking back to them. Now, I don't mean talking yeah. back to them to insult them. We don't encourage, yeah, but
1: asking you know. them hard questions. Yeah,
0: you, now you can have that conversation with your kid. Like now, I can ask, "Oh, who's your girlfriend?" And he's telling me, "Oh, nah, I have a girl that he likes, or something like that, in his class." But in Nigeria, man, I'm telling you, go and read your book in school. Don't be telling me <laughs> tell him about spending money per term. You know, <laughs>
1: uh, education. So you've literally had to adjust.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting because. You have to start thinking differently and outside the box right to raise a kid in this uh, in this environment which is which is very interesting right so i I don't think raising him has been difficult I think raising him has been more interesting more hands mm. on and um you know and the experience has been has been really nice uh, like you said when they come when they come here, they are just faster than us as parents
1: yeah yeah they, they do you know,
0: they're faster they kind of wonder like what are you doing are you not mm. <laughs> <laughs> you no know, you don't understand what i'm telling you sometimes i say some things to him he doesn't understand me But his teacher in school will say something to him and he understands better than i am so i tell him maybe because of my nigerian accent so <laughs> i don't know what to say to you you know but that's what life is right it's, it's just you it know just
1: like so so you mentioned hands-on i'm just wondering do you think like when you if you if you i mean it's it's hard to probably imagine. Hmm. But do you think that if you are in Nigeria, you would be as hands-on as you are here?
0: Nah. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, because it's, it's a difficult life already, right? You have to provide... So, in Nigeria, we had three generators. We had a, a big... Uh, I think it's... Well, oh, how many kVAs I can't remember that again. Then we had a smaller one. Then we had the smallest one, which was... Uh, that, I better pass my neighbor. I hmm. had a very small one. That one, you use one... You use a four-liter of gas all through the night, mm-hmm. all through the night. And, and he doesn't sleep with heat then. It was really very tiny, you know. But when I say hands-on in Nigeria, I wouldn't have been. Because first and foremost, you work late, then you beat traffic to get home. How are you going to even be hands-on? How, how, how are you going to be hands-on? I <laughs> have <laughs> a friend who told me one time, which who you know, he said his kids asked him one day, like, how come, Daddy? How come you don't spank us anymore? You don't beat us anymore. He's saying Nigeria it was frustration. <laughs> <laughs> frustration I don't like beating you. You know he's very much go on the business.
1: Yeah, because I, like, I really know what you say. He, he told <laughs> me that story too.
0: Frustration, frustration. I used to make me want to beat you, but, but that's it. You can't, you can't be handsome in that kind of. way. You have to provide for the family. You have to beat traffic. You have to. Nigeria, we really won't happen to you? You know, yeah. and you have to also try to protect your family from Nigeria happening to them. So how are you going to be hands-on? How? There's no way. But now, if you, I walk from home, I take my child to school, they bring my child back to me, I'm home, I get his meal ready, myself and my wife, we see him every day. If you walk from home in Nigeria, you know you spend more money than going to the office? Yeah, because you, you have to, run, you have to run the gen. You have to pay for internet. Those two things are not cheap in Nigeria. So, yeah, like you said, I don't want to sell in Nigeria, especially Black Africa, as it were, you know, it is difficult because I lived in Morocco. I lived in Algeria. Internet wasn't expensive. It was expensive. The electricity wasn't, it's non-negotiable. It was there. I lived in Accra, Ghana, but yeah, but for, for a bit, internet was not so expensive it was expensive but not that expensive electricity was steady i lived there for like probably seven months not in a hotel in a house and i think i experienced i experienced experienced blackout once once in six months (laughs) and i was informed when they were going to take when they're going to you know the blackout was going to happen i was informed you know that kind of a thing so that is where i think uh you know um uh being hands on in Nigeria would have been so difficult because again there's so many factors. There's, there's Nigeria in itself. You have to provide for your family, you have to protect your family, There's so many other things that you know
1: that could go wrong. Yeah. yeah. So um I think I think the last question I have for you is, is in hindsight, like so if you look back now, what was the one thing you'd have done differently um if you are moving today? Um
0: so I think myself and my wife, we did many things right. You know, first and foremost, we 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 actually researched into the cities in Canada. And we made our mm. pick we made our pick, with zeroed in. It was smart for uh-huh. us. Now, first thing we did. That's number one. Number two, I wouldn't I wouldn't have changed my city. I would not have changed the way we landed. Why? Because I had accommodation ready. People come in, they don't have accommodation. You are pitching with somebody, staying with somebody. I had my accommodation ready, paid for, waiting for me to land. So once we mm. landed, we just moved in. And luckily, like, like I said, I mm-hmm. had my cousin. All we needed was a mattress
1: then, like, there, <laughs> I can't that night. You rented me of the first house yeah, and we got our first yeah. place. Oh we got our first house like this. Like a friend literally gave us a mattress. Yeah. And then so the house was just bare, except for the usual the free yeah. the, the free uh, the refrigerator, yeah. the cooker. the microwave, the cooker, yeah. the laundry machine. Yeah. We just took the mattress, put it in the masters. Yeah and just slept, and off. Just slept like, off. yeah, just all yeah, oh, our bags, oh, just man. dumped it somewhere. <laughs> I just remember that day, you just took my
0: mind back. You know, we landed, <laughs> and we were looking for mattress quickly. My cousin, has said, oh, no, there you can buy mattress on somebody, and blah, blah, blah. All we need to do is, you know, we need a cover, so, that, you know, because you don't know who the person was, like, so we said, okay, yeah. we just manage it for, like, you know, the first uh, one or two months, and then we see when we're working out, or the next day, we cannot go look for buying a mattress and stuff like that. So, that was right. The only thing I would have probably changed is knowing how to having the right information about the marketplace. So this is where this is, uh, job market. This, this, this is where I made a mistake. When I came in, as I carry my carry my um my resume office to office. Hmm. Yeah, do you understand what I mean? So I go to Diversified, I go to Kelly, I go to Rogers, I go to Shell, I go, I go to drop my resume in their receptionist, in their reception. And now the one lady told me in Dell, when I went into Dell, she told me, you know, you can do this online. This was like my last stop. Like, okay, uh, after today, I've tried. After I've gone through like maybe 24 employer offices, I told myself, ah, man, I've tried. Let me just submit this last one and then I'll go home. And then I got there, I gave her, she saw me, I was really very tired. And this I'm telling you, I'm not taking taxis. taxi, I'm walking no Downtown Calgary. I'm walking office to office, walking. And then she goes, you know, you can do this online, right? I'm like, how do you mean? He said, just go to our website. Go to our website, look for careers, and then just apply. We don't really appreciate, we don't really see resumes, you know, hard copies. Hiring managers don't look at it. I'm, I'm like, okay. I went back home. When I went back home, I looked at the job site, and then I tried to apply. Now, even when I applied, I, thinking back, I made lots of mistakes. So... If I could do this, if I could, if I could have, um, if I could have the knowledge of how to apply to job, how to optimize my resume, because that's the biggest thing for anybody that comes into a new country, especially a country like Canada. The biggest problem is coming in and getting a job, because that's all we yeah. need: get a job, and then you're yeah. able to take care of your family. And that's why for yeah. me, it's personal for me now to help newcomers when they come in. You know? Yeah. I I take it personal. I want to help you get a job. So I have career, career um, table round tables, open mics, you know, go for events, talk to people. Because I'm also a, a first generation immigrant.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's you not
0: know, yeah. you know, like my father came to this country and built something <laughs>
1: nah, I came yeah. here. Yeah, we're building we ourselves, man. Year.
0: You know, my son cannot <laughs> tell me that like, okay, tomorrow my dad came here as a first immigrant and then he got this <sighs> and then I was able to expand. Yeah, you have that story. I don't have the story. Right, yeah, my his part, giving me the best education his money could afford, right? And that's where I'm building. Coming to a new country, my dad will tell you, I don't understand why you're in Canada. Come to the US, everything is ready for you. I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> I don't want to come, and then again, you will now start, you know, taking care of me and preparing no taking care of my family. No, that's why for me, it's important when I support newcomers when they come into the country, I'm able to help. I can't give you money, but I can give you the wisdom and help yes. you get that job and tell you how to get a job. And lots of mm-hmm. times I've seen people send me texts. Even yesterday, I got a text last night. Oh, Bonner, thank you for everything. I got a six-figure, six-figure job. I'm like, uh, how long have you been in Canada again? I remember, oh, just my, my sister-in-law, even came. And sh- that's for me. I tell people, I say, if I tell you this, what you do, you should do it. <laughs> just do it and follow the way I told you. Because I'm telling you out of experience, not because I read it in a book you know yeah. and you know and my my sister in law people different people when they come they country, they talk to me they contact me and you, you know what this is what you should do and somebody sent me a text last night and said oh Bonner, thank you very much he's been uh he's been in this country for about a month I or two He just got a job a hundred and ten thousand dollars <laughs> i'm like you'll be so excited I tell them, I say, you don't even know what you have until somebody has come meet somebody and say and the person has been in this country for two years and no job then you appreciate what you have <laughs> <laughs> but that's what life is, right? Having the right connection, the yeah. right education, you know, is very important. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just basically. So for me, I, that, that's the only thing I would have changed, but nothing else I would have changed because I did my homework myself and my wife. We did our homework. We studied.
1: Nice. My wife
0: is somebody mm-hmm. who will do everything. She'll stay a week and read, research, and mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, me, I want to sleep. Are you not tired? <laughs> I, mean, I want to sleep. You do your stuff. <laughs> so we did everything. We planned. You knew where we were going to buy food from. But the only struggle I had in Nigeria, she was high maintenance. She doesn't eat pounded yam, yeah, eba, those kind of things she doesn't. But me, I'm African. I like those kind of food. So when we came here, we was, we giving me those kind of food. I'm like, babe, I don't, I don't eat this kind of thing. I eat eba, pounded. If you cannot find it, eh? we'll have to be doing this long-distance marriage. <laughs> That's how she going to take We'll now buy Maggie, small maggi like this. So, so mm-hmm. expensive. She now calls me and tells me, you know you're doing high maintenance now, right? You are the one making a I you to tell me how I dinner. She can not just put vegetables together and just make it five dollars. Her food is done. Five dollars, ten dollars maximum. But me, one meal like this, about bro, maybe like maybe thirty or forty dollars on fifty dollars on go one meal. <laughs> ten dollars, she's done. She's fully satisfied. But but that's it. But I think we did our homework. The only thing I would have changed is knowledge in terms of getting a job, right, and knowing how to. How to get the
1: right job? Yeah, yeah that's what i being been at. Um, I I would like to round this up now, but I I just I'm just curious. Like, I, it's just following up on something you mentioned about, you know, when you are going around submitting CVs and all that. So, you've been working here for like you've worked in the Kenyan market for like eight years yeah. now. Well, I'm, I'm about seven, six years. seven years. seven years. Yeah,
0: because the first year it was, yeah.
1: It was tough. Yeah. So, like. Do you think it's still the same market like it was when you came or has it changed a bit? Are they more is it more open now? It's easier to get jobs now compared to when there were just fewer Nigerians. You think it's still the same? Oh market? no, it's just... or like what has changed?
0: Okay, so what has changed is the mentality of higher managers? Okay. Yeah. Before now, hiring manager will tell you, Oh no, I want somebody who has Canadian experience. It's still it's still a factor. So yes, yeah, yes. but it, it's reduced now. Now, why? Mm. Because we have People like me, for example, people like my, you know, my, my peers, who now go into companies and tell the hiring managers, like, he's new to Canada, does not mean he cannot do the job. Software development in Nigeria yeah. and Canada, the same thing. There's no difference.
1: Same thing. Let him now yeah. show you,
0: or let her now show you that she can do the job. You know, yeah. but I can understand why you are now. You might not want to hire a new project manager at a senior level just coming into Canada. I can understand that. Yeah. You know, I yes. probably want to bring him or her at the junior level and get the person to grow up. I can understand that, but don't tell me the person doesn't have the experience. So the market, yeah. what the market has done now is, especially we have to thank, thank the pandemic. You see, the pandemic yeah. did a lot of damage. It also did a lot of good, because once the pandemic started winding down, what has happened is that now employers are now looking for talents everywhere, and our talents now yeah. know that you are looking for me. Okay, you pay me two hundred k. but I don't have two hundred k. But the new immigrants we take. For that same 200 k you're going to pay that guy, the immigrant to take 60k. It's cheap labor, but I tell them you know your what, take that job, learn from that job, and move on. Either you move on or you let your employer know your value, and then they increase Mm. your pay. They grow you with income. So for me, I think the market has not the market has changed, has shifted to accepting new immigrants more. The pay, of course, has increased, that's better than what it used to be. Uh, the yeah. mentality of new immigrants knowing that they could get a job coming in now is also better. But now the problem now is knowing how to put your resume out there, knowing how to apply yeah. for the job, understanding what to do. Because it's one thing I tell people as a talent acquisition specialist, I don't know whether you are white or black. I don't know whether you are yeah. Indian. I don't know whether you are male or female. It's not my problem. It's what your resume tells me. That's what I work with. So if your resume does not work. It doesn't work. You understand my point? It doesn't work. And it has been like that for ages. Yeah, I used to hear that before now, they see a name like Dozier Ayagbolam. Oh, this guy is not Canadian. So I need a Canadian. Mm. But now when I say Dozier Ayagbolam and I see experience, I don't care whether you're African or you are new. It's none of my business. Does he have the experience? Yes, I'm going to the hiring manager and making my case. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm. That is what the market has shifted to be. But before now, oh, man, it was all bullshit. I don't like these people. I don't like to have this person in my project. I feel that this person is going to be like this. I'm telling you what some higher managers say. But now, Jeez. everybody <laughs> is now at the level like, man, I don't care now. Give me my talent. Just give yeah. Me the talent that can that's good.
1: That, that's yeah that's good yeah, to hear yeah.
0: it's, it's 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 a really interesting market right now and I, i'm so happy especially when i know the situation in calgary the situation in canada you know it, 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 yeah. it's a, a, good, a good place and a good time to be in canada especially a country like mm. canada yeah. and it can only
1: get better mm, yeah it can
0: only get better all
1: right thank you so much man. like this was a really interesting conversation like we've done 40 minutes okay. like <laughs> Honestly, like, so I always say, you know, I'll try to do 20 minutes, but like, don't 40 oh, minutes. Thank you so much. Um, this has been good. Um, thank you for joining us. A pleasure.